everyone, and welcome back to another episode of CFAL Talks. I'm Pamela Ferguson, Vice President of Investments here at CFAL, and in today's episode, we will continue our conversation with another one of our esteemed CFAL Talks contributor, Anthony Ferguson, President and Founder of CFAL. Anthony is a Chartered Financial Analyst with over 30 years of experience in the investment management sector. He earned his associate's degree from the College of the Bahamas, now the University of the Bahamas, in 1981, and his Bachelor of Business Administration degree from Acadia University, Wolfville, Nova Scotia, Canada. Anthony is the visionary behind the CFILE brand and is instrumental in ensuring that CFILE stays close to its mission statement, which is the first choice for financial excellence and innovative solutions that enrich people's lives. Thank you again, Anthony, for agreeing to have this conversation. So let's get right into the discussion. Anthony, tell us a bit about yourself, your academic path, and the trigger points that got you to where you are today. Well, I grew up in Crooked Island. I went to primary school and high school there. Um, finished um, at an early age. Entered the university, now University of the Bahamas, when I was around 14. Completed uh, those studies. Then went off to Canada. Uh, graduated at 18. Um, then took the CFA examination, um, finished those, um, and then did several other professional um, designations um, um, over the course of the years. Um, worked with uh, now, well, it was SG Hambro's Coots in my first, first jobs. Um, then had several um, other investment jobs, um, but always had the desire to go on my own. Um, um, I think, um, you know, I had a teacher in, high, in primary school who always um, told me that there's no such thing as can't. And I've really adopted that philosophy that there's no such thing as can't. And so I've kind of uh, taken that out of my vocabulary and look at all things that are possible. And then my grandfather, who was extremely instrumental uh, grandparents, but my grandfather in particular, who again, you know, always told me that if someone else can do it, you can do it. And so with, with those two um, core foundation in terms of encouragement, um, I decided to um, get into the investment business and uh, um, move on after working with several other local um, um, institutions. And in 1997, so this year we'll be celebrating our 25th year since we started CFAR. Um, we, uh, we started a company, myself and one other person. Um, no assets under management, no cash flows. A lot of people thought I was crazy for leaving a very good job at the time, um, high paying job, uh, to go uh, and do something. Um, Needless to say, uh, the rest is history. Um, today, we manage over two and a half billion. One of the leading um, investment houses, I would say without contradiction in this country. One of the most innovative, uh, always bringing new things to the market, um, always putting our clients first. Um, and today we have you know, 35 professionals uh, who are 
looking after the affairs of, of hundreds of Bahamians who've entrusted their um, financial wealth with CFAL. And so uh, I'm very pleased about that. And, um, you know, right now I'm transitioning and hopefully the next generation will be taking over and elevating CFAL to another level um, beyond even where um, I was able to um, bring it along. So that's kind of a quick synopsis of, you know, who I am, who CFAL is. Um, and so that's where we are today. That's great. Um, tell us a bit about Crooked Island. Uh, what was it like uh, studying in Crooked Island? And did you feel disadvantaged when you came to the College of Bahamas because you came from Crooked Island? Um, well, you know, Crooked Island is a, is a place that um, I think is one of the most beautiful places on the earth. But I know y'all, Nassivans and the government's successive governments has treated us very poorly. Um, no healthcare facilities or lack thereof, um, school infrastructure, not so good. However, what we had was, we had in particular, uh, for me personally, Miss uh, Olga Richards, who was the principal of the primary school at the time. Uh, so she kind of oversaw my growth from grade one through six. And it just so happened when I went to the junior high, she became the principal of that school as well. So. Um, in terms of disadvantage, no, I thought it was an advantage, quite frankly. Um, we had some other teachers, um, uh, Indian teachers, um, uh, who took a special interest in, in the kids. So, um, in, you know, after we finished at three, we went back to school at five until seven, eight. So, um, no, I, I didn't feel an, a disadvantage. My grandfather, who always traveled to NASA, would always bring um, back uh, magazines and books for us to read. Uh, he always had the papers uh, sent down uh, uh, to the island. So, so no, I, I, you know, we didn't have television, etc. But, you know, what we did was we read a lot. And so we lived through reading. And, and quite frankly, I would encourage young people today, instead of playing uh, games on, on, on their computers, should, you know, endeavor to read more as opposed to watching television and, uh, and, and playing games. That's great. So what does success mean to you, Anthony, and what social and financial habits have you employed in your life to achieve the level of success that you have today? I mean, success is all relative. Um, some people see success as having a lot of money in the bank, having no uh, debt. Some people see success as having a good job. Um, some people see success as having, uh, you know, the luxuries of life. I, I, for me, success is when you are able to impact people's lives. And, and that's why I believe um, CFAL has been successful, successful because we have, you know, over the years impacted a lot of young people through our um, education programs that we offer in the high school. We've impacted, um, you know, the elderly who have their pension fund here. Uh, we've impacted the young people who have entrusted their savings with us. So um, I think we, we have been successful in impacting people's lives. And for me, that is success. Um, you know, again, my, my philosophy is you have to live within your means. Um, I think a lot of persons need to reevaluate their financial position, not worry about the Joneses or what your neighbor is doing, and just live within your budget and within your means. And, and, and of course, um, you know, you have to um, always try to help those who are less fortunate uh, than you are and, and, and to whom much is given, much is required. And that's how, you know, I've tried to 
um, live my life, really. Well, that's good. I like it that success means to help people and to, to give back, which is what you do through, through CFA. That's, that's excellent. Describe one of your toughest financial challenges and how you overcame it. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call it tough, but it was a deliberate decision. When we, you know, first started CFAL, um, you know, we were not in a position to pay salaries. So you had to actually pay um, others and not take a salary. And so, um, 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 you know, that's, that's called planning. So um, tough financial. I really have been blessed to be candid with you. So I can't really say I've had a tough financial um, decision to make in that regard. Um, um, I, I try to, you know, um, position myself such that we eat and practice what we preach here at CFAL, where we encourage all of the employees to be, um, have a savings plan, have a brokerage account, you know, make sure they're, uh, you know, in their own homes, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, um, um, for me, um, I would say that I haven't had, from a personal perspective, those type of tough decisions. Business-wise, yes, there have been you know, decisions where you um, start a business, it didn't work out or it's not going as you envisioned, and so you make the decision to, um, to sell the business or liquidate the business. So, I mean, that, that, those are probably more the tougher you know, financial decisions that I would have made, um, and those things impact you know, jobs, et cetera. And so we try to relocate people. But overall, personally, you know, I don't think I've really had a personal, you know. You mentioned that you had a modest upbringing. How were you able to go to Canada, to university? Well, um, that's a good question. I mean, in, in the first instance, um, my grandfather, um, well, first of all, the reason for Canada, Canada was is 75 cents on the dollar. So I was already um, saving 25%, right? And then my grandfather in the first instance, um, was able to assist me in going. And then um, following that, um, believe it or not, um, the late Dal Roll, um, he um, um, afforded me, you know, scholarship, you know, not a full scholarship, but something that would help me along. And so um, um, but him, between him and my grandfather, they've, paved the way for me to, to, to complete, you know, my education there. And, and, um, you know, that's one of the things we try to do now. We try to help people who are in school, uh, just because I know how tough it was. And so, um, you know, the first, the first year I didn't come home. I just couldn't afford it. Um, but, um, you know, that's, that builds character in, in, in one's, um, um, so I, I, I think, um, you know, for those people who have the ambition of going to school, um, at the time, COB didn't have a, not a university, didn't have a four-year program. So if you wanted to, to, to advance, you had to go away. But today, you could stay here and get your um, four-year degree. Um, I think going off to school is good in that it, it exposes you to different environment, different culture, different people. And so that's one of the, the biggest advantage of going off to school. So I would encourage those who could afford it to do it. but. Um, having said that, I think the University of Bahamas is and offers um, um, a wonderful education, you know, quality education. And, and so um, um, the only disadvantage is the lack of um, international, you know, exposure in that regard. You mentioned um, that you're passionate about helping young people. So what financial and work ethics advice would you give to the young adult 
who has recently graduated from university and is looking for a job, what do they need to do right now to set themselves up for financial success in the future? Well, I, I think the challenge again is a lot of persons, the minute they get a job, the first thing they do, and granted the time is a little different, is they go to the bank and they borrow forty, fifty thousand dollars to get a pretty expensive car. No need for that. When I first got out of school, I used to catch the bus. I mean, I, it's fine, you know. Um, I didn't, you know, it didn't afford you to go and, go on dates, but you know, I, I caught the bus. Um, um, but what I did do was I purchased real estate before I purchased a car, and of course, I traded up since then. Uh, but um, um, I think. We, we get in debt too quick as young people um, as soon as we get out of uh, college. Um, the other thing is a lot of persons um, don't start saving at an early age. The minute you, you get a, your first job, you know, you, you, you pay your tithes and then you pay yourself uh, savings and then you, uh, thereafter you use that to make investments or whatever. But I, I think, um, again, a lot of people get a job the first thing they want to do is get into expenses that's not necessary. Secondarily, um, they stop educating themselves. You have to continue to read. You have to continue to, to be there early. And, you know, not because the, the job says nine to five, you must show up five minutes to nine. I mean, you will not be successful like that. I don't care what no one tells you. You will not be successful. You have to show personal initiative and you have to, you know, be there and get your, uh, make sure the work get done. But, uh, you know, today I think persons, they just want a job. They don't want to work. So what and who has shaped you into the person you are today? There's been a lot of persons who've impacted me. Of course, as I always said, my grandparents instilled the work ethic, having to go on the farm before you go to school in the morning, sometimes going to the farm after school in the afternoon. Uh, so that work ethic was always there. Um, um, the, the late uh, Bradley Roberts, well, Vaughn Roberts, the late Bradley Roberts' um, brother, but Vaughn Roberts, he gave me an opportunity in the investment business uh, back in 1985, thereabouts. And um, his work ethic, I, th I thought, was, was one that was just incredible. Um, and the whole team there at the time, um, those persons impacted me. And so I just continued to conduct myself in, in, in that regard. So um, just observing other successful people, um, being encouraged by other successful people. And some persons were hard on me. Uh, and they, you know, stressed the importance of um, diligence, taking personal responsibility, personal initiatives. And, and so those were some of the persons who uh, impacted uh, me. And then um, closer to whom, um, from more from a work ethic, um, my mom, who worked really hard. So you just watch them and you just try to work hard yourself, uh, emulate that, uh, and just try to be more successful. And I think that's what we've done here. That's great. So what, are, Anthony, are you doing well? And where, if any, is there room for growth? There's always room for growth, and, 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 and so I'm always studying. I'm always um, trying to better myself um, from an educational perspective, learning new things. Um, uh, room for growth, uh, practicing more patience, but as I get older, I've, I've become so less said, impatient. <laughs> I'm not patient uh, with, uh, with nonsense, to be honest with you. Um, room for growth... Um, Probably uh, listening more, I guess, in, in certain respect. Um, 
Um, it's just different. Practice patience and listening more. They do. I, I, I think good. I listen enough, but if, if it's going to be nonsense, I'm not going <laughs> to take it on too much. Um, but um, uh, I, I think, you know, focusing on um, more on guiding, directing younger people. It's probably, that's probably where I'm going to awesome. spend the rest of my time doing. That's awesome. So what are you, what are you passionate about and why? I'm passionate about helping others, um, about creating new opportunities, about having a vision and executing it and then handing it over to a competent young team to continue the, the vision. And that's really where I think I add a lot of value. I tend to have a 30,000 foot view of things. Um, uh, I try to look you know, into the future as much as I can based on all of the evidence of things happening today and seeing where things are going and then trying to anticipate where things will be and position ourselves to to be ready for when those opportunities present themselves. That's great, because I think there's a feeling among some young people that those who have gone ahead of them close the door behind them. Uh, that, 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 may, that may be the case. Um, I, I would say that um, in, in my, um, my case, um, the reason why I make a special effort to avoid that is because there were many persons who gave me a hand up when I was first getting into the business at various stages of, of my business career. And I think it's only incumbent that I do the same. And that's the reason why um, even in CFAL, you look at CFAL today, I mean, you know, for the most part, we have a very, very young team continue to develop a very young team who I am extremely confident that, you know, should I leave tomorrow, um, um, that team will be able to not only continue, but even exceed what I was able to do here along with the team. And so you're proud of your CFAL team? Oh, extremely. That's yeah. great. Yeah. If you could, what would you say to your 20-year-old self? Um, what would I say? Um, I would probably be uh, more aggressive in um, in um, taking on some additional risks that I, you know, did not take on early early on. Um, I probably would would have um, 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 expanded more regionally um, than as opposed to only focusing um, locally in the first instance. So those will probably be some of the things, um, um, I would have done because I mean, to be candid, the, the 20 year old was in the middle of taking, um, the third level of the CFA, um, um, you know, just starting out, um, trying to learn. Um, um, and so, um, you know, I wasn't spending a lot of time thinking about the next 20 years, I was spending time thinking about completing my um, professional designation, learning uh, from Mr. Roberts at the time uh, and the team there. And, and, and so that was my focus. So I didn't really think about 10, 15 years getting into business. I know at some point I wanted to do that, 
But at that particular time, that was not a major focus. So basically you would tell your 20-year-old self if you could stay focused and continue on the path that you're on. Well, I mean, you know, to say the 20-year-old stuff, stay focused, I would say that the day self stay focused. I think you should always stay focused on what your goals are. Now, look, I mean, um, you know, one of the things I always wanted to do and what I really wanted to do growing up was to be a pilot. So, um, you know, at that 20-year-old, I couldn't afford it, but... You know, in subsequent years, I, I did obtain my pilot license, and that's one of the joys I have. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is um, sometimes when I file a flight plan, um, due to weather, I may have to deviate, uh, but I know what the destination is. So you, while staying focused, sometimes there will be obstacles, sometimes there will be um, challenges, but you know, you have to deal with those while still focusing on what the ultimate destination is. And so, you know, um, you know, you can't focus only on the destination. You also have to, um, you know, try to enjoy the, the, the journey to the destination. I agree. Totally. I agree. If you were to choose, what would you rather be a multi-billionaire or prime minister of the Commonwealth of the Bahamas? Boy, from what I can see, being prime minister is a tough job. So, uh, you know, I mean, the easy part would be the billionaire. You don't, you don't have to worry about people. Um, the servant person in me would be the prime minister because uh, a prime minister ha in our dispensation of, of parliamentary democracy is a very powerful person and could really affect big changes uh, in in the country and in the lives of, of its citizens. So, yes, I, I would say from the servant perspective of, of me, that, a prime minister, from a selfish, where I don't have to worry about people, uh, just, you know, make your money and move on. Okay. So what do you like to do when you're not working hard? Well, I'm always working hard, so that's, that's um, not necessarily the case. Uh, uh, and, and I say, when I say working hard, working hard, when you enjoy what you're doing, it's not really work, to be honest with you. So, so let's be very clear about that. So if, if, if getting up every morning is a struggle, then perhaps you should reconsider what you're doing and, 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 and try to get involved in something that you enjoy. So, so for me, um, I would say, um, I may work long hours, but not necessarily hard. Uh, but, to answer your substantive question, um, I enjoy flying, as I said, and uh, in recent time, um, I've taken up a little golf, on, and so between the two of those, that, that keeps me busy, but I personally prefer to be reading. Well, see, that's good because persons who admire you and, and, and love your success may think that all you do is work without anything else, but to know that you like flying and you like playing golf, like you have some downtime. Yeah, but that came, that, came, that came much later in life. But that's fine. But yeah, you do things other than working. Yes, hard, yeah, and that's yeah, a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I believe that you are a role model for many young Bohemians. Uh, what is the secret to your success and what advice would you give to someone who admires you and aspires to achieve your level of success? Well, I mean, this again, all relative. I'm not sure I'm not that successful. I mean... I've worked hard, you know, um, in the, let's quote unquote, bohemian vernacular. Yeah, maybe I have done okay. 
And, um, but, um, you know, you have to be, have a servant attitude. I, I, I really believe that. And I think you, you have to have a why. Why am I doing this? And my why has always been, how do I impact others? How do I help um, someone along the journey? How do I help someone to be more financially independent, um, given all of the challenges growing up? And so um, I would say, understand what your why is. Having understand what your why is, um, you know, stay focused, be humble, and, and don't think of yourself um, higher than you ought to, and, and, and where you can help, help. And of course, um, you know, you don't have to be rude uh, to people. Treat people with respect, no matter what walks of life they are from. I, I think those are some of the, uh, the things that one should, you know, practice um, in, the, in their journey in this world. What is the one book that you have read that has transformed your life? I've read so many books and I continue to read so many books. I, I read, I don't know, several books at a time. I try to read at least two to three books a month. Um, but some of the ones that impact, the ones that probably impact two the most, uh, besides all of the technical books, is uh, one called um, Finding Your Why. And Alter Ego. Alter Ego is by Tob Herman, I believe, and um, Find Your Why by Simon uh, Sinek. And, you know, finding your why is, is it, it's akin to finding your purpose, right? So why are you doing this? Why are you, help, you know, and so once you know your why, and there's then the five why questions, right? So once you understand your why, uh, I think it makes it, your why could be based on where you came from. Your why could be based on your gender. Your why could be based on, on any number of things. For me, um, the why is a combination, you know, where you came from. You know, growing up in Crooked Island, the, the most people expected from you, um, I believe, was for you to be a civil servant. You're a police force. A member, a Royal Bahamas Police Force member, you're a Defense Force member, a custom, immigration, you're a teacher, a nurse. But no one really expected us coming from there to um, run multi-million, billion dollar companies. And, and so um, sometimes, you know, um, hopefully I would have motivated, um, in particular, island folks, uh, young kids in the island to know that um, it's not where you come from, but it's where you're going. And once you set a goal and you continue to pursue it, um, you know, you can achieve your dreams. I agree totally. What are you especially proud of yourself for? Huh. Um, my relationship with my daughter, you know, um, my family, um, those are important things. Those are non-negotiable. Those are probably the, the, the top ones right there, I would say, yeah. Anthony, um, we have come to the end of, of this episode of C-File Talks. It was awesome. Thank you so much again for having this discussion and thank you audience for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
Just send us a note at info at cfile.com or visit our website at www.cfile.com and show your support. And thank you to Cfile for sponsoring this episode. Until next time.